What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine podcast. This is episode 19. I'm your host, Riley. We got a light show this week. We got some cool stuff. I'm doing the very first listener segment, listener question segment. Don't have a fancy name for it yet. Um, but we're going to be doing some questions sent in from the fans around the country. Um, finally able to get into it. We haven't really had a show that had the opportunity to kind of pack them in. Uh, eventually, when we get a pretty consistent stream of them coming in, it's going to be kind of part of a show every week. Um, but we finally have enough to kind of build the segment on. This week is pretty like light, like I said. We're talking PNC Championship going over Charlie, Tiger, uh, JT, and Mike getting the win. Obviously, the father and son duo. That tournament's great. Uh, we're going to be talking everything PNC. And then the interview, actually, for the show is our next interview is next week. Manners Golf. JoJo for Manners Golf is coming on the show to talk about Manners Golf. The clothing line, if you guys don't know what it is, go look up it on Instagram. Uh, Manners Golf. It's incredible. I cannot wait to talk to JoJo. Um, I wrote a piece about them, about their winter line, so I'm super excited for them to be on the show. But... This week, PNC, and then listener questions. So let's just jump right into it. So the PNC championship was pretty awesome. It kind of goes under the radar every year. Um, not a bunch of people watch it. There's legends of the game every single year. Not a bunch of current uh, PJ Tour players usually play in the tournament. It's a lot of legends with their sons or grandsons kind of teeing it up and getting ready to go down in Orlando. It's always a tournament that I look forward to just because I think the family aspect is awesome i think a son being able to play with his dad on tv on a pga tour champions level stage is pretty unique and pretty awesome and i think this year kind of brought it up to a whole different level because you have tiger who's the needle of golf the world of golf revolves around what tiger woods is doing and he signed up a couple months back or a month back to play in the pnc championship with charlie and there have been videos on social media showing Charlie swing a golf club and he's obviously a stick his swing is borderline perfect little bit on the inside on the takeaway drops it in the slot on the way down plays a little plays a little it it's pretty straight his ball flight is pretty damn straight after watching the PNC he can he can draw it he can he can uh fade it it's pretty impressive what the kid can do with a ball golf ball at 11 years old but Tiger's the needle. So as soon as he was going to be in Orlando with Charlie, you knew that it was going to be a big event. The golfing world would be in Orlando for this for this 30-40 person tournament. And it didn't disappoint. JT and his dad were on fire on Sunday. They only it was only a 2-day tournament, Saturday and Sunday. Uh and Mike and JT lit it up. And JT's already one of the best wedge players in the world. He's a great putter. But Mike's a PGA professional. JT comes from a family of PGA professionals. His dad, Mike, obviously, is a PGA professional. His grandfather is a PGA professional. So golf is kind of what the Thomas family does. And it was amazing to watch the father and son thing. They were just really vibing off of each other. And JT was actually nervous coming into the week because he really wanted his dad to play well. And he ended up obviously playing super well because they won it. And you could just see how excited they were after uh, JT had his dog there, had his wife or girlfriend. I, I don't think they're married. Girlfriend. Um, the mom was there. But it was just an incredible win for them. I'm sure that is going to be memories they're going to never forget because that's pretty special uh, to play on that stage with a family member and win. Uh, but, yeah, 
JT's in for a huge year. I mean, obviously this tournament doesn't really show form just because, you know, messing around a lot. But JT's in for a big year, probably another major. He hasn't won one in a couple years, I think three years or something like that, 2017 maybe. Um, so he's due, but it was it was great to watch. It was great to watch those two. But, I mean, they the Woods stole the show. And that was that was the idea of it coming into the tournament. As soon like I said earlier, as soon as Tiger committed to the PNC, that's what it was gonna be. It was gonna be the Woods show. Every single one of their shots was gonna be televised when I'll get into T V coverage in a second. But when T V coverage finally starts, it's gonna be Tiger and Charlie. And that's exactly what happened. And after watching Charlie, it's tough. You don't have to. We're not going to. I'm not going to. Golf media is not going to. But it's it's tough not to put all of these expectations on Charlie because of his what his dad did is what his dad has accomplished. It's tough not to think, oh, Charlie's going to be in the same thing. But you don't want to think like that because he's 11. Obviously, he's vibing. His dad won the Masters two years ago, a year and a half ago, and oh, going on two years actually. But he's vibing with golf. He obviously loves it. He is damn good at it. He's doing fist bumps. He's celebrating. He's doing club twirls. He's telling his dad the tee shot's good before he even lands back on earth. The kid obviously has what it takes to play golf at a super high level for a very long time. There is no doubt in my mind. I think he's two for, you can bet on shit now. He's two, two to one to get his PGA Tour card. And then I think he is 1,500 to 1 to win a major before he turns 23. You can bet on all that now. And like I said, it's hard not to put those expectations on him just because of his family. But it was so great to watch Charlie play. He's a great golfer. Driver looked fantastic. He was very confident off the tee box. His swing was beautiful. Like I said before, a little inside on the way back, but then he really drops it in and really rotates through the golf ball very, very well. I mean, he's going to have a great swing. His bloodline is way too good not to have a good swing. Short game had finesse. He had touch in his short game already, which for an 11-year-old kid, that's crazy impressive to have that kind of short game at that young of an age. Like, very, very impressive. And then I, the one, everybody who's, Looking at the driver, the irons, obviously he was club twirling irons all over JT's face on Saturday. But the fun, the one thing that I noticed just because it comes from the practice coverage that they were doing when every, when Tiger and him were on the range, on the uh, chipping green, whatever, the putting green, it was his putting stroke. He had the spider X, he was playing the spider X and his putting stroke is pure, like pure, pure. And that is something that I thought was the most impressive part. A bunch of 11-year-olds, obviously not the Charlie's caliber, but can swing a golf club decently well. It's short game and putting that separate the kids that are going to go on and be stars on the PGA Tour and the kids that are going to play D2 golf and then never advance. Charlie already has and is showing the skill on the short game level that he's going to be – He's. I, w- I would put a mortgage on him being a PGA Tour player at 2-1 to one. if he stays committed to golf because, again, he's super young, so you don't know what he's going to do. He's 11. But what he showed over the weekend, and, of course, it's only a two, it's a two round, it's only two rounds of golf, but it was insane. It was insane what he was doing in Orlando. 
on TV in front of people. There were people there watching. Um, it was awesome, man. It was great. I was to all of the buddies there. Twitter was blowing up. And I, that was from accounts that usually don't cover anything golf. But they were seeing what was going on with Charlie Woods, and they had to talk about it because it is – you have to talk about it. It was incredible. And which brings me kind of my next part, which I was seeing a bunch of tweets about it, is kids, kids at home on watching TV with their dad on Saturday, golf. Golf's on at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. What are you going to bring your kid into the living room to watch? Golf. I kept seeing tweets of kids telling their parents how awesome it was to see somebody like them on TV. And that's when we get to this point of growing the game of golf. Growing the game of golf is utterly important to keep the game alive in the younger generation, right? And it is. It's getting it's getting way more popular. Athletes are playing golf now. It's not the kids that couldn't make a varsity team in high school that they had to go play something else. No, the varsity athletes are leaving their sports to play golf. That's how that's how golf's making an impact. That's what Tiger does. That's what JT does. That's what DJ does. That's what Brooks does. That's what Rory does. They they put asses in seats and then they put bags on kids' shoulders. That's what happens. And that's why I think that was the best part of the PNC for me was the seven-year-old kids telling their parents, hey, this is pretty damn awesome what's happening on TV right now. They could picture themselves doing that. And that's how you go to the game. And it's amazing. There's only a few tournaments a year that they truly get that. Like the Masters obviously has an effect on any anybody that watches it just because of Augusta National, just because of the green jacket. It has that atmosphere around that golf tournament. The PNC Championship is another one. Kids are able to watch TV and see kids their age, maybe a little bit older, but kids, kids, and watch them play golf on TV. And they're like, that looks pretty damn fun. I want to try that. And it's such a good tournament for that reason. Like I said, probably my favorite thing about the tournament is it's such a good way to grow the game of golf. And I had fun watching it. Um, it was on one of the side TVs when I was watching NFL, obviously, but my Patriots, holy fuck. But it was great. I plan on watching it every year. I'd be surprised if Tiger and Charlie aren't in it every year. Who knows what Tiger's schedule is going to be like? Who knows what happens to him physically over the next five years? But as Charlie ages, if they're playing in that tournament, he's we're just going to see him get better and better. And holy shit, I saw this on Twitter too. How are you an 11-year-old looking across the tee box at Charlie Woods like thinking you can beat that? Especially as we've seen on social media, Tiger Woods sometimes caddies for Charlie. How do you look at that combination and be like, oh, I can go out and win this golf tournament? No, you can't. Anybody that's going up against that kid in a golf tournament is playing for second, and you cannot convince me otherwise. That's just what's happening. And it's kind of demoralizing to anybody playing in a golf tournament with Charlie Woods, but if they keep playing in it, we're just going to keep Charlie, we're just going to keep seeing Charlie get better. It's tough to put expectations on the kid, put the world on his shoulders just because who his dad is. But he he's not only showing the driver and iron skills, he's showing the short game skills at such a young age. It's pretty impressive. So crazy. I don't know if I would bet a hundred bucks to win to win what fifteen grand on him winning a winning a major um, before turning twenty three like his dad did. Don't know if I would bet on that one. Um, but if the kid stays interested in golf and keeps playing golf, there is no doubt in my mind he will be a PGA Tour player. No doubt on my mind. 
his game is way too good already at 11. Um, he could outdrive some of my buddies, and he hits a two what two forty off the tee, maybe two thirty five. He could outdrive some of my buddies already. His game's way too good. So if he stays interested in golf, he's going to be on the PGA Tour probably at a very young age. Um, but it was I love that tournament. So PNC Championship was great. The course is great, bunkers, water, all that good stuff. But that's it. PGA Tour talk. That's about it. Um, I'm going to go over kind of the remainder of the schedule, not the remainder of the schedule, the new year schedule in 2021. Going to go over that just because next week's show is the interview uh, with JoJo for Manners Golf. And then the week after that, um, we're going to be doing a little bit of a preview for the Century Tournament of Champions and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm sure we'll get some equipment news in the next couple of weeks that we can go over, obviously. I know they're down in Kapalua January 7th through the 10th, I believe. Um, so that show we'll be able to talk about all that kind of stuff, but we're looking forward to that, man. They're in Hawaii for a couple of weeks. Uh, so like, like every year they are, if I can see it, um, century tournament, century tournament of champion, January 7th through the 10th. And then the Sony open American express after that farmer's insurance open there at Tory. And then we get kind of get into the meat with the waste management. The Genesis is there. Um, Mexico is the week after that. So we're getting into another month. We're in the meat of PGA tour schedule in another month before we go to Augusta in April. So really looking forward to it, going to a couple tournaments. If media access opens up through twilight nine, which is pretty damn awesome. You're going to be able to see some, uh, some PGA tour coverage firsthand, which super excited about that. Um, but yeah, we're going to go over all that, uh, not next week, but the week after go over the schedule and all that kind of stuff, preview some of that stuff, but that's it for the PNC. So let's get into some listener questions. Um, really basic show today, guys. Uh, late recording. Re- uh, recording later than I usually do. Got a drink, little Down East Cider. If you haven't had it, shit's delicious, not an ad. But let's get into some listener questions. Haven't figured out a super cool name for this yet. Just calling it listener questions. You guys can um, message me at Riley Hamill underscores my personal. You can send me in questions at Twilight9Pod is the IG for the show. And then if you guys notice on Twilight9.com, there's a little contact button on the right-hand side, Riley at Twilight9.com. You can email me your questions. That's where all these came from. Um, so hopefully in a couple weeks, we get a consistent stream of them. Then I can add them to the show, and it will be an every week thing. But for now, I have four. Um, first one, Eddie from Nevada. What up, buddy? Um, do you have a hole-in-one? Uh, I do not. I sadly do not. I've come close a couple times. One was a three iron from 230-ish. It was pretty damn close. It was one of those that hit the front of the green. The pin was in the back, and it just rolled all the way back there, uh, snuck by the right lip, and ended up actually going in the fringe long. wasn't even a green regulation, but that one was pretty close. Down the street, we have a couple courses across the street from each other, actually, about 20 minutes away from the house. We have two... It's like the father course and the son course, Amherst Country Club and the Panema Green is the two facilities. Panema Green is like a little nine-hole course across the street with a range and stuff like that. And then Amherst Country Club is the 18-holer. At Amherst Country Club, I almost have a couple. Um, Actually, at Amherst, I had one lip out, which was a a tough one. Um, I've I've hit a flat stick on a single bounce. That was rough. But my closest one actually came at Panema Green across the street from Amherst Country Club. Their second hole... I think is a par three, 120 yards and landed behind the hole and spun back a little left of it. And when I mean a little left of it, I think it was 
half an inch outside the cup. So that one hurt too because it was just a perfect little wedge. Excuse me. But yeah, not yet. So that stinks. Um, Jamie from Florida asks, what's your favorite non-major? So I went to USF, University of South Florida in Tampa. Go Bulls. Um, so I've I've been to the Florida Swing pretty much. Um, I've been to TPC River Highlands for the Travelers Championship, which is always going to be at the top of my list just because I love the venue and just because that's pretty much the closest you get to New Hampshire for a PGA Tour event. Uh, we have the playoff event in Boston every other year now because of the playoff uh, format change. But the king, man, Bay Hill. I love Bay Hill. One of my favorite golf courses I've ever been to, actually. I haven't got the opportunity to play it yet, um, but I love the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I love Bay Hill. Uh, It was the first time that I saw Rory, my guy, win in person, favorite player of all time. My very first time seeing him win in person was at Bay Hill. Um, That year that he went off on Sunday, I think he shot a 64, chipped in on the 15th green. I believe it's the 50, yeah, 15th green. It was crazy for birdie. Kind of put him, I think that made him one shot up and then he birdied the next hole, the par five down the hill, easily had an eagle putt and then stuffed one on 17, missed it. And then birdied 18 coming home with that huge fist bump. He was wearing his, uh, that green shirt. He also won the FedEx cup in. You can tell that I'm a huge Roy McIlroy fan, but that's the first time I saw him win in person. So Bay Hill, I just love that freaking golf course. The, the king. The King did a fantastic job. I was never there. I didn't get the opportunity to go when he was still alive. Uh, but I love that golf course. I want to fly back and play it once uh, COVID-19 is is over with, even though Florida doesn't seem to think that COVID-19 exists. Uh, if anybody's from Florida, I didn't mean that in a bad way. I did. Wear a mask. Uh, no, but Bay Hill, I think, has a marginal a marginal lead over over everybody else, I think. I love that golf course. Um, Evan from Massachusetts. What was the hardest part of becoming a PGA professional? So if someone listening to this is new to the show, uh, my background is actually, when I first got into golf, I worked as a cart guy. I just cleaned carts at a private country club in Tampa, Florida, Hunters Green Country Club. I worked there for like three years almost. And then I graduated college in May of 2019. But a month before that, uh, was when I took the PAT uh, scoring ability test to become a PGA professional. Passed the first time. I passed on the mark, like on the mark. I think whatever it is, I think it's what, 15 over through two rounds, I think. Blew up on the first 18. I, sh- I think I shot like 11 over. It was awful. And then I shot 75 or something like that in the second round, which still isn't fantastic, but... I'd never played in a golf tournament before that, actually. That was the very first time I teed up uh, a golf ball with, like, actual pressure. So that's why that first round was terrible. My first tee shot actually went out of bounds. Had to tee it up a second time. Um, But, yeah, that's kind of the background. But the hardest part was getting the short game in order. Um, I've always been decent off the tee. I don't really hit driver that much, actually. Uh, I haven't really had, like, a new driver in a really long time. I've been just a really big three-wood guy off the tee, 260s, 270. Um, and then I, when I really get a hold of one, 285, 290 with a three-wood off the tee. Um, and that's kind of all I needed. My iron player was always always good enough to hit greens most of the time. 
But getting that short game to a level where you're confident if you don't hit a green in regulation that you can get it up and down in your mind every single time is a really difficult place to get to just because how how fucking difficult chipping a golf ball is. It is so hard at a rough, thin lies, just fucked lies, like all that kind of stuff. It's tough. Bunker play, 40-yard pitch shots, which nobody practices but is very, very important. Um, par fives when you chunk one all that kind of shit so anything inside 50 yards you want to practice like if you're practicing to get better if that's what your goal is is to get better to to uh, get to a certain point to maybe play a PAT is 50 yards in bunkers putting putting is it you need to absolutely eliminate three putts to be able to play at that level absolutely eliminate it played like shit but i think that's the one thing i didn't do either round i don't think i had a three putt through the 36 holes that pat day pat day uh i just don't think i did if i remember correctly um i actually had a near hole in one during the pat that was fucking crazy i thinned it and it ended up hitting the green and spinning and i was a foot maybe it was crazy um but yeah that would be the hardest part anything inside 50 yards is something that you need to be so confident in every time you step up to the golf ball it's like i can get this up and down and some guys just aren't like that but you need to be like that to be able to reach that level you need to think you're going to be able to get it up and down so if you're listening and ever want to be a PGA professional and work at a golf course, give lessons, all that kind of shit, work on your game from 40 yards and in, 50 yards and in. That's it. Especially putt. Putt every night. Get a $30 putting mat on Amazon and putt. That's it. Um, Amy from Vermont. What's Amy? What's up, Amy? What's my best 18-hole score? My best 9-hole score is 30... I want to say 32. I was on fire. And it, well, I didn't even like, I, I played good, obviously, because I shot a 32, but it was really gr- the greens. Like it was one of those days where you're reading the greens and you just see the line and see everything. And that was it. It was one of those days where I was just seeing the line and I was dropping putts all over the place. My best 18 hole score, honestly, isn't that great. I don't know. Uh, it was probably at Hunter's, the, uh, the country club I worked at. I want to say... Actually, you know what? I don't even think it was there. I think it was another course in Tampa. Uh, I want to say either 70 or 69. Probably 70. I think two under. It was a par 72, 70. Never shot. I haven't shot in the 60s yet. I know that's kind of embarrassing being a PGA pro. I've never shot in the 60s, but 70. I think that's it. Um, I think I would have kept the ball if I shoot in the 60s. I'm nowhere near as good as a golfer as I was when I was playing that level, when I was playing really good golf every single day. I just don't have the time to practice anymore. And that's kind of the thing that they don't tell you when you get into that side of golf is when you work in golf, it's very hard to play golf. Like you, you, if you watch like Rick Shields or me and my golf or uh, Peter, Peter Finch is a little different, but if you watch any of these big YouTube channels, they don't really play golf. Like Rick does a little bit now with all the equipment shit, but me and my golf I think they play like twice a year. Like they don't play golf and getting in when you get into golf, it's very tough. Now working on the media side, needing to go play golf with people that come on the podcast and drew, if you're listening, when I come out to California and you pay for all the golf that I'm going to play out there, uh, I need to play more. I'm not super worried about score anymore. I was for a while. 
Um, now I'm, I'm just going to drink and have fun and shoot 79 and not really care. Make a couple birdies, whatever. Who gives a fuck? Um, but yeah, 70, lowest score. And then Keith. Keith, I don't know where you're from. You didn't say. Um, you said favorite drill that I used. So again, I coach still online, Scratch Golf Academy, Adam Basil Jet, three-time PGA coach of the year. I coach under him. Um, I coach still. So I'm always trying to give out drills, um, instructional content. We had something come up this week that I couldn't post um, on Friday, the instructional uh, article that was supposed to go up this week, this week, or last week, this week will. It's already loaded up. It's scheduled for Friday. But the number one drill that I teach everybody, there's it's two, but it's one. Um, if you struggle with holding lag, if you release the club too early, if you're chunking shots, if your weight stays on your back foot through the transition and you keep hitting behind the ball, fold up a golf towel a couple times, make it like an inch thick, a little bit less even, put it a club head length behind the golf ball while you're at the range, while you're hitting off a mat. It works on mats bets just because you can keep the towel in the same spot and then hit golf balls like that. What you'll see and what you'll feel is if you release the golf club too early, and you quote unquote hit it chunky, the towel is going to go flying in the air, right? Because you're just going to scoop the towel and it's going to go flying in the air. What this does is forces you to get to your lead side, forces you to hold that lag for longer, and forces you to feel what it's like to hit ball first, then turf. It's going to be a little exaggerated because you're really going to try to not hit that towel. But then when you take it away, it'll dial back on its own. And then all of a sudden you're going to be hitting ball first, then ground. And it's awesome. If you don't like the towel idea, if you want to do it on grass or maybe even a mat also, is I just grab a tee, like a broken tee, put it three inches in front of the ball, and as you're going through transition, you're trying to hit the tee instead of the ball. So the bottom of your swing arc is going to move forward to your front foot, and that's what we want to get the feeling of what it's like to hit ball first, then ground. Because a lot of amateur golfers and a lot of beginner golfers, a lot of high handicap golfers try to help the golf ball get in the air. That's just not what you want to do with irons. You need to strike down on the golf ball. And that's, it's the same drill, obviously uh, two varieties of it. But I think that's the one that I kind of teach everybody because a lot of people cast um, and let that lag go, stay back on that back foot, try to help the ball in the air. Uh-uh. You got to get to that lead side, head back, down on the golf ball, compress it. That's where the distance, that's where the speed comes from. So, yeah, that'd be it. But, guys, that was five questions, actually. I thought it was four, but that's five. But that's it. Um, Pretty basic show this week. PNC, listener questions. Very much looking forward to the listener questions every week. We're going to be going over instructional stuff um, on the website. So, hopefully, that helps somebody listening if they needed a drill that they were struggling with. There you go. Um, if you guys want a specific drill or tip explained at the end of every show, just DM me if you're having a problem and I'll try to come up with a drill that not only helps you, but maybe somebody else listening to the show that has that same problem. We're going to, we'll go over everything. That was kind of questions are always welcome. I love coaching. So that's, I love doing that. Um, so like I said, social media is at Riley Hamill underscore. If you guys uh, want to send in some questions about the show, whatever, um, drills, if you guys struggle, um, at twilight nine pod, go follow the shows. Um, I Instagram page, we're trying to hit a hundred followers on that thing, which is going to be pretty awesome. And then, um, twilight nine.com blog all week. Keep an eye out on the blog. Not a bunch of betting content coming, obviously because of the lack of the PGA tour events. 
Um, but news, equipment stuff, instructional content, all that stuff's going to be on twilight9.com. So go check all that stuff out, guys. Subscribe to the show, download the newest episodes, and thank you guys for listening. It's going pretty awesome. The show's growing, which we love to see. We're in a bunch of different countries, which I love. That's crazy to see that. I was on, I was looking at the stats and everything. It's incredible to see how many countries are listening to the show, which it's just awesome. Been doing it for months now and it's awesome to see people are tuning in. So thank you guys for listening. Looking forward to talking to you guys next week and enjoy your guys' this week, man. Talk to you guys next Tuesday. Peace.